0: And so it is my pleasure and excitement to be able to introduce you to Carmine and have him give us our message. That's awesome. Wow. So humbling. I never had anybody introduce me that didn't know me. That's awesome. (laughs) But it's good. Amen. Wow. Wow. What a prelude into a message, huh? That's so humbling, you know? Well, we just give this to Jesus, amen? Just give everything that we have, everything that we believe, everything that we long to know about him, we just give it all to you, Lord, and just make us uh, more secure in our knowledge of not only who you are, but in who we are. Amen? Amen? Amen. So, wow. I'll just share briefly about the book. I mean, It it took 12 years to write one book, (laughs) you know, so, you know, that's a a lot of work. It's, um, it it didn't take me 12 years of writing. It take, it took me eight years of understanding who I was in the scheme of things. Amen. And that's really what I'm I'm about when I go to a church and I minister, I minister to the people because that's what Jesus did when he came to this earth. He ministered to the people. You know, he knew something about them that they didn't know about themselves. And uh, this book is not, uh, you know, I I write on there and it kind of sounds a little bit like tough, but not not because I wrestled. It's because, you know, sometimes we have to really get to the core of things. And it's not another, you know, book about love. And it's not just another book about identity. And it's not just another And I'm not knocking books about those things. What I'm saying is I want a book that that if I'm going to have a, a face to it and people going to hear hear that my name's attached to it, then I want you to see all of Jesus in there, all of him. Not a man. I used what God's given me as a tool to draw in the unsaved. Amen. And that's all. I it's it's more about what he's done even when I didn't know him. <laughs> it's it's more about What he's done when I was out there in the world doing the crazy things. And then I come to this life that I didn't have enough knowledge about how to be a Christian and then try and represent someone I didn't really know. And, you know, (laughs) right? I mean, is that hitting home with some people here? It's like, how do we do these things? How do we, you know, go in the name of this person that we truly don't have an encounter with? That's why I loved, like, when Jacqueline introduced me, she said that it was an encounter that, that did something to her. It wasn't a good lunch. And every, how many people know I love a good lunch? Amen? <laughs> I love a good lunch, you know? I, I go, I have a message that I preach about authenticity of Jesus Christ. And uh, you'll hear about that if you come back to the 11. I don't, I'm not going to carbon copy this message to the next message. Amen. Cause that's not what Jesus does. He's always doing a new thing, but there's a message that I preach about authenticity. And if you come back to hear that, I'm sure that's going to take you to a new level because it did with me because this world substitutes everything for the original. You can't even find real sugar anymore. When you go in the store. There's things in it that will kill you. You're better off drinking regular soda. Right? I mean that's just the bottom line or pop, you know, here in the Midwest. So, you know, that's it. It's it's like we when I need an encounter, when I was hungry for an encounter with Jesus, I didn't know where I didn't know it existed because I still believed he was hanging on a cross. I grew up as a Catholic, okay? You mind if I'm just real today? Amen. I'm not knocking religion. I'm not knocking, you know, people's theology. But, you know, we have to do the things the right way to get the right encounter. Amen. And so when I went to church as a kid, I went because I had to go. There's a difference of going because you want to go or going because you feel obligated to go. Amen. Just like everything in life. You know, so. When I went to church, I always saw him hanging on the cross. That was my visual of this man. Because every Catholic church has him physically hanging on the cross. (laughs) And so there was no connection. It was complete separation. How could I ever have an encounter with somebody who's dead? Amen? And so it took a long time for Jesus to get me hooked. I mean, it was like the bait on the hook. And I know my whole life, now I know, my whole life, he's trying to hook me. My brothers were altar boys. They dressed in robes. They served communion. I was not having any part of that. You weren't putting me in a robe. That's it. Five years old, 10 years old, I was not doing it. I didn't believe in it. I didn't want any part of it. But when God allowed me to do things my way and I got successful, it was it was good. He allowed a little bit of lead on the line and he just knew that one day that he was going to hook me. But he sent two men into my life that saw that I was worth an investment. God spoke a word to me a few months ago. He said, before you preach this message, I want you to charge them. I said, who's going to pay to hear me speak? <laughs> That's what he said. Charge them. I'm like, okay, <laughs> probably going to have 20 people sitting around and even wondering why they're there, you know? And he said, no, it's not that charge. It's charging them to go. And then ask them, what are they willing to invest? Again, another word that has... You know, in the natural, we think about money. Investment always costs you something, amen? Investment is always a gamble. But this investment was what are you willing to put out not knowing the outcome? What are you willing to risk not knowing the return, amen? And I didn't really know how to do that. You know, when I had money, when I made money wrestling for many years, it was awesome. I didn't, I didn't have a business mind. I didn't have a business. I didn't know how to put it away. But because of what people put on me, if you're going to go and be successful, you're going to forget your friends. You're going to forget where you came from. You're going to forget. The, and so that lie attached to me. And so there was an unfair expectation that crippled me. Because every time I did the good thing and I made the good money, instead of putting it away, making a nest egg for my future, I felt the obligation to spend it on stupid things and trying to impress people. And then when I was broken and hurt, I lived a lie. Because this persona of this wrestling career, oh, well, people think I'm successful. And when I'm not, how do I make them believe that I still am? And so you just get caught in a web of lies, a web of, you know, just doing things that you're not proud of and, and just becoming someone you never intended to be. Is that touching some people right now? Come on, man. Let's be real this morning. Let's make this the real Sunday morning. Amen. I'm not here to hit nobody over the head. I'm here to love you to death. Amen. And into resurrection. Amen. Amen that's what jesus did he he conquered the grave you know i love what what we're preaching at my home church my father-in-law is preaching about we've even given the devil the victory in death when the bible says the first death is appointed by god but because we're trying to be such a good christian and we believe our prayers are going to heal everybody because jesus wants to heal everybody amen that when someone dies of cancer, we say, dang, nah. they were doing better, and now they're dead. <laughs> Let me go pray for somebody else. When God appoints the first death, that rocked my world. That took a lot of pressure off of me. Amen? Because the Bible says that this physical body is going to get old. Why do you think we get cancer? Why do you think, you, you think God gives you cancer? No. How about all the, the things that are sprayed on vegetables? Amen? Why do people in the Bible, let's, I'm a realist. I like to think about reality. I like to read my scriptures these days. This isn't even on my notes. See, this is what God does. I got like six pages of stuff here. I'm like, this is going to be good. And God's like, you're going to do what I say to do. Amen. 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 But we keep blaming and blaming and pointing fingers and, and doing all these things. And it's like, wait a second. We're putting chemicals on food. They didn't do that back then. They didn't genetically modify seeds to become something that it was not intended. When God creates a seed, take this into consideration. Think about this seed that God created. Amen. You take the seed, you dig a hole in dirt, 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 (laughs) takes this seed and you drop it in the hole. That's not bad enough. You cover it up. Amen. That seed doesn't say how to put it in the hole. It doesn't say this side goes down, this side. The seed knows when it hits the dirt and you cover it up and you water it, it doesn't matter. There's no upside down. There's no right side up. For some reason, the way God created it, it knows to grow the roots down and deep. <laughs> it's not in my notes. And to grow the fruit out of the dirt. And to to, to be given life by the sun. Come on. Think about how awesome. Even a mustard seed, even the littlest seed, even the biggest seed. We need to start planting seeds everywhere we go. Amen. Amen. We need to start affecting lives, even if we feel we're not worthy. We are worthy, we are not sinners. We are not, can I say that we are not, can can you physically say that out of your mouth? You know your mouth has the power to speak life and death. If you think that you're a sinner, you're going to sin. You're going to do what you say you're going to do. We were sinners saved by grace. Don't confuse your past with your destiny and your future. Do we sin? Yes. Yes. Can we be real this morning? Amen. Can we, be, can we just be real? Our nature, we sin, we fall into traps, we do stupid things sometimes. Amen. Can I say stupid on a Sunday morning? Yes, thank you. That's the Brooklyn translation. I keep telling everybody, I love all the different translations of the Bible, but I'm going to write the Brooklyn translation. And it ain't going to be for kids under, no, i it's uh, No, it's just going to be real. Amen. Like, that's my prayer one day. I'm like, God, I like the book you allowed me to write. It's okay. It's good. Hopefully you give life to some people. But the Brooklyn translation is going to shift some stuff. Amen? Because my Bible tells me Jesus flipped some tables over. Amen? Come on, let's read the whole Bible. Let's read the whole entire Bible. Let's read that Jesus hated religion. Amen? That Jesus hated hypocrisy. Amen? That Jesus hated ideology. Amen. Jesus hated false doctrine. Amen. Come on. You're going to leave here today not with a good message to remember, but with an encounter to remember. Because God's going to hit you today. Amen. I'm saying that not because of me, but because who I believe He is. Amen. <laughs> Come on, Father, we just thank you, Lord. Whoa. <laughs> My God. Hit him with a spiritual magical eraser, Lord. <laughs> let's just let's just get the real you, Jesus. The real you that compels us to love with all that we have. To love with all that we are. Not because we want it back. We don't put unfair expectations on people. Our increase is in you, Jesus. You give the increase. <laughs> wow. my God. I know he's speaking to some people right now. Hmm. Wow. Wow. My God, you know, God says he he does such powerful work in a whisper. Amen. You know, when I first started preaching and you know, it was pretty funny because people used to get scared, you know, it's just like, just wanted to be real and raw and be loud all the time, you know, and then that my father-in-law, thank God for wisdom, amen, you know, my father-in-law goes, man, I love your passion, I love the way you preach it, I love the, but man, when you yell being six foot six, you know, over three, four hundred pounds, people just go back in their seats like, oh boy, you know. And then I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, you know, just trying to try and take con- con- constructive criticism is not always easy, right? Because I'm like, but that's who I am. i Jesus, you know, and it's like, no, no, I'm just trying to help you. Like, they love the sweet, tender part of you too, you know, and I'm like, oh, sweet, tender part. I can do that. I like that, you know. So then we go to church the next Sunday, and he's preaching, and he's screaming at the top of his lungs. I'm like, what the heck? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to minister to him a little bit tonight when we get back to the house. And I'm looking around, and everybody's at the edge of their seat. I'm like, what the heck? And And he made me understand, like, because I'm a big guy, people feel like because I was a wrestler and because I had opportunity, that it disqualifies them. And it makes my loudness make them feel like they can't reach what they're going after. Amen. But because he's a normal size and I'm super size, you know, the people get excited. They feel that connection with him. And so they get to the edge of their seat and they're like, yes, yes. And I'm like, wow, this is weird, you know. But God fine tuned some of us without taking stuff away. Amen. Some of us in here need some fine tuning. Amen? Amen. Including myself. I'm preaching to myself. Amen. So I want to just tell you crazy story my message is not going to be long today like i said it's about the encounter but god knows the desires of your heart amen and so just about three months ago i was at our home church and i'm just you know my wife is leading worship and i'm preaching that sunday morning i'm like okay i don't want no distractions i don't like sitting way in the back because then i see too many things happening and i'm like a d a d b d c d f g h i'm I probably got all of it, never diagnosed, but self-diagnosed, you know, just, I just can't concentrate, so I sit in the front, and I'm like, so I'm like, no, I'm preaching today, I want to really get really close, so we get up to the altar, and the only one in front of me is the worship band, and I'm just like, oh, Jesus, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, boy, and I just start going. Now I'm a big dude, right? So normally, I would be concerned for whoever is behind me, because if I'm going down, there better be some catchers. Right. So all of a sudden I'm going, I can't look back. I'm just like, OK, if I smack my head into the floor, I'm believing God's going to put a pillow under my head. i am gonna be OK. Well, I hit the floor and all of a sudden I'm laying there and God, I can't even open my eyes. I can't look around and I feel an arm under my arm. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I'm like in the spiritual, thinking naturally. I'm like trying to discern something and, and be mindful of something under me. I'm like, there is a person that's stuck under me. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I have a picture on my Facebook page. It's not a lie. And I'm there's somebody under me. I don't know if it's an old lady who came to visit the church. I don't know if it's somebody's kid that was running around the altar. You know, we're pretty free. You, know, you And so I'm like... I'm going to have a lawsuit. It's all right. Jesus put me on the floor. He's going to work it out, you know. But God started doing some serious stuff to me. This was just like I said, just a couple of months ago. And I'm laying there. And all of a sudden, I start screaming, I will not. I will not. And, you know, I know why I'm screaming. I'm not going to tell you just yet. Then three minutes later, after screaming, I will not. And then, boom, three minutes later or whatever, seemed like three minutes. And then I'm like. I will, I will, like schizo, I'm like getting a schizo makeover, you know, I'm like, I will not, I will, I will, so all of a sudden I get composed, get up, trying, I mean, I felt like a boxer in, the, in a knockout round, and I'm trying to, I'm woozy, I'm trying to get myself up, I'm a big dude, like, I turn around, nobody's there, I'm like, they probably rushed him to the hospital or her of the hospital. I'm like, this is weird. I could have swore somebody was under me. Nobody's there now. Okay. So after that, I preach this message. After the message, person comes up to me at the altar, and they're like, call mine, is my friend David. And he's like, man, it was so weird. You started going down. I tried to catch you, and I couldn't do anything. I just went with you, and I was trapped underneath you. So it was a person. I was like, oh." So he was trapped, and he's telling me this, and he's like, that was so weird. I was, felt so uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. He's like, I felt really uncomfortable. I'm trapped under you, but I just figured, let me just later, your head's on my chest, and my wife's looking at me, and people are taking snapshots with this. There is no more privacy these days. Amen. And I'm not having an intimate moment with God in the arms of a man. Come on. And people are doing selfies probably like, you know, I mean, come on already. Seriously. I'm just wrecked. I'm wrecked. He's excited to share this. And then he goes, what was up with all that yelling? I got to know. And I'm like, yeah, it was crazy. I said, I'm laying there because I was praying to God about this certain thing. I don't remember what I was telling him. I said, but God told me loud and clear, will you not conform? That's what God asked me, and I started screaming, I will not, and that's what he heard, and he's like, oh, oh, he goes, oh, and he just dead stare. I'm like, and then he said, will you be transformed daily? That's what God told me. Will you bring yourself to be transformed daily? And I'm like, I will, I will, and he's not changing his facial expression. He's like, and I'm like, okay. There's no reaction from him now. I'm like, David, you all right? He goes, look at my shirt. And I look down. And he's wearing a Jesus culture shirt that says, don't conform. <laughs> I never saw the shirt. My head was laying on the word God spoke to me. That's how amazing God God is so out of the box of a God that he can do something that mind-blowing to you. That's incredible. I have the picture. It's on Facebook. It's like my sister-in-law was one of the smarties that took the picture, you know? But I'm so glad she did because you could see it says don't, and then you see CEO, and then my head is right there. (laughs) Two times I went down and both in the arms of a man, okay? You want to talk about being all right with God? Amen when he makes you uncomfortable, all right? But I'm just saying God knows what God's doing. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's speaking. If you feel like you don't hear God, I just want to speak today, God is speaking to you. If you can't discern whether it's your voice or his, guess what? It is your voice, but he's speaking to you. Through your voice, you're made in his image and likeness. He's speaking to you. He's communicating with you. There was only one time I heard God's voice audibly. That it was not my voice. It was a voice of a man that just didn't sound like me. When he told me, that is your wife. And then he said again, that is your wife. When he told me that my wife was going to be my wife. Because I've, I failed in the, in the past of two marriages. And the lie that I bought into was that I was never going to be good in relationships. I bought into a lie. Why am I sharing all these things? Because we have a, a vision, all of us, our church, this church, neighboring churches, to transform the communities that we live in. Amen? Is that not the vision of this church? That's why I'm sharing this, because we are called to transform our cities. Now, the, the, the reason I'm bringing this message is I want to make sure that we don't take an idea and live in an idea. Because, oh, yeah, you, Indianapolis, yeah, we can transform it. That's a great idea. Amen? How many people think that's a great idea? Isn't that a great idea if we could transform the whole entire city of Indianapolis? But I want to live in the reality that it's being transformed. Amen. And it is being transformed. Newsflash. Indianapolis is currently being transformed because of the unity of the churches. Amen. Because the disjointed bodies that once was is now going away. And we're becoming aligned with the purposes of God. Amen. Amen. How many people in this room are physical therapists, Jane? for a job? Any kind of massage therapy, physical therapy, chiropractic care, anybody? Okay, one, okay. How many people know a physical therapist, a, a chiropractor? How many people, yeah? Massage therapy. How many people have been to a massage therapist before? Okay, let's be honest. First time, adjusted or massage, painful, amen? Most uncomfortable thing ever, amen? Serious. How many people have been uncomfortable the first time you were getting adjusted? Amen. That's what happens to me every day. Every day in the natural. It happened every day because I wrestled. That's why I'm able to walk and not have a a cane and crutches. But my peers, some of them can't walk. They're in wheelchairs because all the abuse that they took in the body. But I was smart because God allowed me to at least do one thing right was to take care of my physical body. Even though I'm a big guy, I went and got chiropractic care and massaged all the time. So I was always being realigned, always being readjusted. And I'm telling you, it was never a place in that that I could get used to. Even now, when my wife and I go to a a chiropractor, I can't even watch the guy adjust her neck. It's nauseating. And it sounds like snap, crackle, pop, and it's like, geez, right? But she's like a kid with a smile from ear to ear because it feels amazing. And I'm squeamish, I'm like, (laughs) yeah. What if he turns it too much, but he knows what he's doing? Amen? Just like God. So today when I asked God about this message, this is the first thing he spoke to me this morning when I woke up, he said, let us not mistake the free will of uh, the free will and poor choices of men and women, and reduce that to the judgment of God. Let's not mistake the free will and choices that man makes and women make today, and let's not dumb it down to God's judging. Let's stop speaking about the black cloud that's over the city of Indianapolis. There is, let me give you a newsflash, there is no black cloud over the city of Indianapolis. Okay, I lost one of my best friends in the second tower of 9-11. Can I tell you how many, can I say moron in church? No, if not, strike this from the uh, tape, okay? Can I tell you how many morons said that God was judging New York City when 9-11 happened? When I watched the second plane hit the, the floor that my best friend was on. And I have proof that God is not judging America. He's not judging the city. He's not judging Tenth and Rural. He's not judging, you know, Castleton. He's not judging. That happens when you go to heaven. God's not judging you now. I'm going to prove that to you, okay? Because I ask God, give me the revelation, the real revelation, not the dumbed up or dumbed down. Just give me the real revelation that you need me to understand so I can carry this love for them that you want me to carry. Because when I used to love, it was conditional. If I loved you and I looked you in the eyes, if you weren't looking me in the eyes, I'm like, this guy or this woman... How many people like to be looked at in the eyes when you're talking to them, right? So when you're not being looked back, it almost seems like they're just allowing you to speak and it doesn't mean anything, right? So I told God, I need to know because if I'm going to carry this love and I'm going to carry this encounter that you want us to carry, me, you, all of us who carry an encounter, amen, amen, then it's gotta be real. It's gotta not it's gotta be real. I gotta I gotta read every translation. I ain't gonna get stuck in one because let me give you another news flash. The King James Version is not the first translation. It was Aramaic. Hello? Somebody translated from somebody from somebody to somebody. Amen? Let's just be real. The only way they're gonna know that Jesus is in front of them is if we're real. Amen. So I want to be real. So I want to bring the first scripture. Okay, how am I doing on time? I'm good. I'm good. I think I'm good. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to make this fast. You're going to have to come back at 11:30, all right? Are we are we getting fed right now? Serious? Like is God speaking some real stuff to people right now? Cuz I feel like he's starting to adjust something even in myself. Amen. But I'm going to go to the first scripture, and the first scripture is 2 Peter 3, 1 through 9, okay? Uh, I'm going to read it in my translation because I can't see all those little words. But anyway, I have it in the New King James, but we're going to read. But read along if you want, read it in your Bible. I have it in New King James. It says, Beloved, I now write to you the second epistle in which, in both of which stir up the pure minds by way of reminder. It says in verse 2, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before the holy prophets and the commandment of us. And it says, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. It says, knowing this first, the scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts. And says, where is the promise of his coming? Okay, so people are going to challenge, where is the promise of his coming? It says, for since the father fell asleep all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation for this they willfully forget by the word of god the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water by which the word that it, that then existed perished being flooded with water it says but the heavens and the earth which are now preserved by the name by the by the same word and reserved for fire until the day of judgment. Until the day of judgment. That day. The the day has not come. So it's reserved for the day of judgment. It says, and perdition of ungodly men and women. There's no gender, okay? It says, but beloved, do not forget this one thing. Can we all say that? Do not forget this one thing. Okay? It says that with the Lord one day is at as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but should come to repentance. The Lord is not willing that any should perish. Say that. The Lord is not willing that any should perish. How could you love the way you love? How could you look at people in the eyes the way you look? How could you pour it all out? How do you not get tired? How do you continue to to be concerned? How are you mindful? I'm not speaking about me. I'm speaking about him that I chose to represent free will. I chose to represent Jesus. He gave me a choice. You could represent Blast, who was on that book cover, or you could represent me, who is inside you. You could represent Blast, who is in the world, and doing the crazy things, or me, who is of the world who can bring change and transformation and reformation and bring the orphans home. We have a choice. Daily. There's a a transformation. Daily. There's a renewing. Daily. It's daily. It's daily. It's not today and it's going to be okay for the next five years. It's a daily transformation. It's a daily not conforming. It's daily. Don't conform. Do this. Don't do that. It's a lot of choice. But God gives you this sweet peace. There's a sweetness when you serve the Lord. It's sweet. When you walk into dark places and you bring the light of God into the dark. It's like a light switch. As soon as you turn on the light switch, the dark is gone completely. As soon as we walk into a room... Expect that you're bringing the encounter. Well, you don't know what I've done. Who said that? Oh, I did. Sorry. You don't know where I've been. Who said that? You don't know the things I'm ashamed. Uh, We're all part of that. Hence the name of my book. We're all wounded healers. That book is about all of us. It's about all of us. We're all wounded, but we are all, we are all called to heal, to raise the dead, to lay hands on the sick. Amen? That's who we are. Yesterday, God woke me up, and I just couldn't get the book of Revelation out of my head. And I'm like, why are you showing me this? That's my second scripture to prove to you that what I'm saying is true. Okay. This is going to maybe stretch some people a little bit. Revelation 3, 5. Okay, let's put that up. I don't have it in my translation, but I'm going to speak it in theirs. Okay, it says, he who overcomes will like them be, be dressed in white. I will, never, I will never blot out his name from the book of life, but will acknowledge his name before my father and his angels. What? What does that mean? Look at the word. Look at what that says. I've looked at it in 10 translations. They all say the same. The wordings changed a little, but the, but the remark that I want you to focus on is I will never blot out his name from the book of life. Okay. That's when they give their life to the Lord, but from the conception of the earth when God knew you before your mother, when you were in your mother's womb, amen, there's a book of life. Every single person's name is in the book of life. The judgment makes God blot it out. How will we get them transformed if they think that God doesn't even have their name in a book of life? God wrote every single one of their names in that book. It's in the book already. That stretches some people, because you know what I was taught? That old street evangelism. Go up to somebody and scare the pants off of them, and then give them a choice. Well, what am I, five? If you die today, I'm like running around like, I'm going to die today? Do you know where you're going to go? You're going go to go heaven? Hell? I want to go to heaven. Okay, accept Jesus. Okay. Does that sound like free will? Or does that sound like somebody kind of cornered you and forced you into a decision? Do you think that kind of love is sustainable? You think that's even love? That's not even love. That's forcing your opinion on somebody instead of giving them an opportunity to receive an encounter with God. Instead of speaking the sweet things that God loves you. You know what? There's a book of life. Your name's already written in it. And the beauty is you didn't have to do anything. But the word says that if you receive Jesus as your if you just confess it with your mouth and believe it in your heart, then you are saved. And bam, 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 and everything else happens. Boom, boom, boom. It all lines up because it's something they can grab a hold on. It's not buttered up. It's not fluffed up. It's real. It's in the Bible. We're going to do a prayer of salvation. Okay. Well. Forgive me, Father, I'm a sinner, and I never... Okay, there's nothing in the book that says to do that prayer. Amen? There's, those words were created by man. They sound good, they're convicting, they're... Okay? But the Bible says, believe it in your heart, confess it with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. In the book of Acts, they were encountered by the Holy Spirit. Amen? None of those people said the prayer of salvation. They were encountered with God. They gave their life to God. They confessed that they're serving. Gee, I love you, Jesus. Okay, there you go. That's the key right there. Can this city be transformed? Is it a good idea or is it a reality? Yes, Indianapolis will be transformed. Amen. I want to close with this one scripture. And this is going to be the scripture. I believe this is for you. Because we have to go into this thing knowing we have to honor everyone in every calling. Every gift. There should be, and I'm not telling you what to do here. There's people in this room that are amazing painters. We should have easels. I tell that to every church. Let a little kid paint a picture in the presence of God. Let a dancer dance. Let people td jakes preached a great message he goes sometimes we just re- need to reposition ourselves and repositioning could be this much right here Boop. simple painless flood the altars maybe you need to come out of a seat and get to the altar and just pray to god and speak to god while i'm not telling you what to do i'm just telling you i these i'm telling you what i did i used to sit down i used to sit so far back you didn't even know i was in the building seriously But as I started receiving the encounter with Jesus, I came closer and closer. And if I can get any closer than the altar, I would. I'd go through the back of the wall to get to him. He's everywhere. You could worship in the back, front. It don't matter. But I'm saying if you're in the back and you just sit, then shift to the next seat. Just move a little. Make movement. Movement is really powerful. If you never lifted your hands, lift your hands. You don't have to. I'm not saying that you're going to be holy when you do that. I'm not going to say, I'm saying just do something out of the ordinary. Let's shift a little bit. Just a little momentum picks up momentum. Amen? Sometimes a little shove does wonders. Amen? But I want to share the scripture about the four people that are not even in the book. How do you know they're in the book? I know they're in the book. Well, what do you mean? Well, they're written in the book, just briefly, but I know that the Bible says that if all the works that Jesus done were written, the world could not contain it. Everybody know that scripture? How many people know that scripture? Just raise your hands. They said if Jesus is, if it was written about him, everything he did in three years, the world could not contain the books. That's insane. That's a lot of books. Amen. Then it says, We're going to do greater works. I can't imagine if everybody starts writing. That's insane. Amen? But it's a beautiful picture. But there's a verse about the four men who carried a paraplegic to a healing. Everybody know that scripture? That scripture transformed my life. It wasn't about the paralytic, it wasn't about Jesus. It wasn't about that they couldn't get into the house. It wasn't about they ripped the roof open. It wasn't about they let the bed down. It was about four people who were mindful of a need that somebody needed. The other beautiful thing that we're preaching and that, that, that's, that's coming out of what God is sharing is that we are not to disqualify the natural and just go after Supernatural. I love this. How many people love the supernatural? Amen. Healing signs, wonders. Come on. Seriously. We had healing rooms yesterday. 14 people got healed completely. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. The healing rooms, with 20 something, 30 churches combined come in and partner together with over 120 members representing 30 local churches. That's amazing. So it's not about our church building. It's about the collaborative, the coming together of the saints. Okay, but these four men, they went on their own free will because they knew something about a man in the house that carried an anointing, carried power. They believed who he was. And they went and they got a paraplegic with his bed, not out of the bed. They could have carried him. But they chose to take him on his bed. They get to the house. Jesus is in the living room. Or there may be only one room. And they couldn't even get close to the door. They hoist him up on the roof. Okay? They get him on the roof. That's a lot of work. I don't care if it's a one-story roof. That's a lot to put a bed and a person without tipping the person out of the bed. Can you imagine how they had to get that bed up on? Let's, that's, what, that's my Brooklyn translation. I'm like, God, show me the things I'm not reading about, but I don't want to pervert what is in the Bible, what's not. A, I want to be accurate. I want to see the things that you're showing me. Are we in agreement that we all want this? You all have it. Just let Jesus reread the scriptures to you. As you're reading the word of God, he's reading it back to you. And so they get the guy on the roof, and now people say, well, in those days, they didn't have shingles. Really? Really. I've been to India. I've been, how many people have been out of this country and saw bamboo roofs with mud? And they're like, bamboos, bamboo. Like, you can't get through that roof. I'm serious. I couldn't get through the roof. I know that Ser- unless I have my tools and a cordless power drill or some saw saws all start cutting bamboo making a hole but they literally peeled the roof back made a hole big enough for the bed they didn't lower the guy this way there would have been two miracles that day it would have been resurrection and then the healing seriously if they would have put the bed in this way so they had to make a pretty sizable right come on where did they get the rope it didn't say they came with rope they didn't know, they didn't, say, the Bible doesn't say that they dropped the man and said, we'll be back, we're going to our barn, we're going to go get some picks that we made out of bamboo and some metal that we shaved down on a rock, come on, <laughs> I'm, I'm just being real, is it okay that we're real Sunday morning, amen, so they rip a roof open, Jesus must have been like, come on, <laughs> serious, things must have been falling down on them and we'd be like, all right, something's happening. They lower the bed. Not only does Jesus forgive the man. I don't know what sins he committed. Jesus knew something. He forgave him. Then people started mocking him. How dare you forgive a (laughs) paralyzed? It's like, what do you know that we don't? Come on. That's insensitive. Jesus like, wait a second. Hold on. For you unbelievers, now get up and take your mattress and go. Guy instantly healed. Wait a minute. What about the four men? I believe the books that were not written, I believe those four men, because they put somebody else's knee in front of theirs, received something that day. I believe their hands were bleeding. I believe their knuckles were raw. Come on. Let's, come on. Let's see what the Bible's not speaking about. I believe Jesus allowed them to jump in to the hole. And become whole that day. Come on. Jesus meets the need. We cannot disqualify the things of the natural. The people who go to the hospitals and buy flowers and visit people. People who cook when there's someone who who loses a loved one. And people go and do a rotation of let's cook for the family. Come on. I don't know what you're good at, but I'm telling you, you're good at something. And if this wheel is going to turn... It needs every single spoke in the wheel, every one of them, every one of them. As soon as one spoke is missing, it's out of alignment. Come on. You can't buy new tires, put them on a brand new rim, and not have it balanced. Come on. Who has gotten brand new tires on brand new rims and did not have the guy put it on a machine to balance the tire? For what? Because once you're balanced, it's smooth. It's easy. Matter of fact, you don't even think about your tires because they're there and they're doing their job. The only time you think about your tire is unless you get a flat. Come on. Come on, guys. This altar call, I'm going to make an altar call. This is your day that God takes you and brings you to a new place in your walk with him. So I'm going to ask everyone to stand up. But I'm going to ask, like with T.D. Jakes, man, I love when he preaches. I want you to be intentional with God. That's Can you put my book thing back up again? And It's not about the book. I'm going to share one little quick thing that's not on here. But anyway, I want to read that top little paragraph that you don't see. It says, living an intentional life, understanding God's purpose for your life, and living passionately for the one who created you, and utilizing the power Jesus has given you to walk in victory. How many people want that? Come on. Even in the little things. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to come to the altar. I'm going to pray for you. I believe in this prayer. You can come right now. Whoever, whoever feels like, you know what? I need to be intentional with God. And I need God to be intentional with me. If that's you, come up. Just, I mean, I'm telling you, I don't, altar calls don't mean nothing to me if there's one or a 101. Seriously but i'm talking about being intentional with god i'm talking about moving out of out of maybe the comfort zone and moving into something real and seeing the young people man this is the weekend that we were supposed to do that retreat with the young people this message is for you young adults you are not too young you guys have creative minds you have strategic plans you have ideas that cannot be disqualified and the older, don't be concerned just because if you help. If you're helping, then God's going to heal you. Or if you're dealing with something, pray for somebody with that same issue. Amen. Yeah. If you have kids in the, in the Sunday school, if you want to go get them and then come back. <laughs> That's where I'm at I'm intentional with God I really am spe- I'm not speaking roundabout with him I'm speaking intentional with him don't be afraid God God wants a good challenge with you you know you I ch- I'm a wrestler by my trade I've been challenged my whole life and when I got saved I challenged God on every occasion every single one of them. I had 80% hearing loss in one ear because I took a horrific chair shot to the head. Lost 80% hearing. I was in a healing service. I doubted healing. I was making fun of the preacher. I just got saved. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know where I was at. But I was mocking the preacher inside. This is the dumbest thing I have ever seen. Until he called out my hearing disability. And God completely restored my hearing 100%. I was doubting Thomas. Hello? Hello? I spoke the talking in tongues. I I, I made fun of it. They had a to get hit with the spiritual gifts and these gifts. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. And I laughed the whole service. Even when the pastor stood on a chair because he was really short. He stood on a chair in front of me, laid hands on me, and tried to give me the gift of speaking in tongues. I made fun of it inside. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And I can't wait to go home and finish what I was doing earlier. And as soon as I got in the parking lot and I put my key in the ignition of my car, the spirit of God fell in my vehicle and I felt like I was going to vomit, but I wasn't. I went and I just started speaking in tongues. And my friend, Freddie Shad, which was one of my close friends saw me on church. This was on a Friday night that I got hit in the parking lot at 10 o'clock at night. Sunday morning, Freddie came up to me and he said, call my man. Are you okay on Friday? I'm like, yeah. What are you talking about? I got all paranoid. You know? He said, man, I was driving to work on Saturday morning and I saw your car in the parking lot. I just want to know if you were all right. And your car was there. I said, oh, my car with me in it? I was, God arrested me From 10 at night till the sun came up the next morning. I could not pull out of the parking lot. That was my encounter. You're getting an encounter right now. I see it all over you. God's encountering your heart right now. There's encounters going on at this altar right now. I'm going to ask the people who are not at the altar to come and surround these amazing folk. Come on. We're all part of this. This isn't me laying hands on everybody. When we all have the gifts. Come on. I don't know if you've never laid a hand on us. Come and lay a hand on somebody. Stand behind one of these people at the altar. Come on. Come up forward. It's not to make the altar call look big. It's to make you understand what you carry. We can't move in this unless we are proven in this. And God has called you to do great things in his name. Amen. i just love what god is doing here this is beautiful i love this church i love your pastors i love your leadership i love the bradberries man i i just i love all the people here i love Jacqueline and her daughter i mean you guys are all of all of you we're unified in one body amen jesus is coming back for his bride we are his bride amen He ain't coming back for a jacked-up, disjointed bride. Amen? Come on. How many people are married in this room? Huh? Come on. Look at all these married couples. Come on. Men. I'm going to ask the men a question. If your wife looked jacked up at the altar, would you come down the aisle? Or would you come out of the side door with the preacher? Come on. Let's move. Can we be real on Sunday morning? Would you have been like with a big, 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 oh, a, B, C, D, o, so, would you have been with a big, giant smile on your face watching your bride walk down the aisle if she looked jacked up? Come on. Come on. And I'm not talking about the physical outside beauty. I'm talking about the beauty inside that you married her for. Come on. That's what Jesus is waiting for right now. He's waiting for his bride to be in full alignment, walking their full power to just take the inheritance, this earth that he's given us. Power, dominion over darkness, over lies, over deceit. Come on, this is you. I could easily walk around and lay hands on everybody. It's not about my hands. It's about your hands. So let's lay hands on the person next to us right now. Everybody, let's make point of contact. Wow, Jesus, you know what we came to Sunday service for, Lord. We didn't come because of obligation, because somebody said we should go to church. It's the right thing to do. It's because we love you. I want to ask those who did not receive communion to come up and receive communion. It's paid for. This is paid for right here. Come up and receive your communion. Your name is in the book of life. God created you, he wrote your name. And you have free will. We have to start being one with each other. John 17 says it best. Jesus prayed to his father. Father, my prayer is that as you and I are one, that they become one with each other. As I am one with them and you are with me, my prayer is that they become one with each other. No more disjointedness. Come on. No more offense taken. If someone has offended you, make it in your heart. Make it right in your heart. You don't have to do anything. If you want to call them and leave a message, they don't have to answer the phone. Ask them for forgiveness. If from you, you forgive them, let's start making Reconciliation happened for real. Reality of reconciliation. Gossip, we just come against gossip. We come against the spirit of competition right now. We come against the spirit of jealousy right now. We come against all those dirty spirits right now. They have no place in this building. You know what? Holy Spirit come, you're here. You've been here already. This is your house. We don't have to ask you to come when you're here already. We have to ask you to go. That's We should change our position and say, Holy Spirit, go. Go and make disciples out of men. Go bring, draw them unto this church. That's a good ground. That's amazing soil here. That every seed planted here would grow and produce much fruit. Everybody that's here with physical healings right now, if you came with a physical need right now, test it. Test your physical healing right now. If your knee, I saw somebody with a knee brace. If you have rotator cuff or anything that you need right now, test it out. If you see any improvement, I want you to raise your hand. Any improvement. I don't care if it's a little bit. Come on. Look at all these hands up in the air. Come on. Come on, let's give Jesus his... Come on, let's just give him his praise. Hallelujah! Come on! Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, we just give you this service, Father. You could leave if you want. You can continue to just soak in this. But the next service is going to start. But I just say, Lord, have your way, Lord. Continue to do what you're doing. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.